Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your host, Tom Zappala and Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli. Mr. P, how are you? All right. What's how going are on? you? Nothing. Everything good? No, but, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of excited. You're excited about well, what? Because we're going to be together this winter. Oh, isn't that exciting? <laughs> no, it's very, very exciting. The weather should be nicer. I'm freezing. Oh, you're going to no, be in November first. Su- oh, I'm forget freezing. It. You're yeah. going to be in Southern Florida mm. uh, for the winter. Oh. You've got a beautiful place. Oh, a few more lunches you owe me. All right. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fair. You know, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. You know, plus you're, you're doing a couple of uh, appearances. Maybe. Yeah. We're working. Well, on I'm it. looking forward to it because we usually stay in the West Side, and it's nice, Sarasota. <clears throat> but this is, this, I'm really looking forward to it. Especially being with you. And Plus, you're right across. Every day. You're directly across the street from the North Palm Beach golf course. Oh, that's a. That I mean, like, you can walk across the street. Beautiful. And a bunch of my Italian friends, who are going to be your Italian friends, I've all Italians. said they're all golfers. Don't you have any friends besides Italians? No, no. Yeah, I do. I do. Welcome. The name of the show is The Great American Collectible Show. You can watch us on Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform, Tom Zappler. My good friend, Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petricelli. We've got a great show today. We've got these two gentlemen, not the best-looking guys in the world, but they're very nice men. Very nice men. We've got... We've got Joe Thomas Sewell is going to be with us for the whole hour from Memory Lane Auctions and our other good friend, Jeff Marin from Rockhurst Auction. Gentlemen, how are you? Good morning, guys. Doing well. Good morning. Good. Everything looks good. All right, we're going to chat with Jeff first. Jeff, you're in between auctions right now. However, you've, you're going to be down at the Greater Boston uh, Collectible Show this weekend. Yeah. You got a, That's right. You got one guy coming down? Yeah, yeah. Our salesman, Mark, will be there. It's at uh, the Shriners Auditorium in Wilmington, November 3rd through 5th. So come down and see us. It's and Joe, you're going to be there it's also? No. Is, can Joe hear me? Yeah, yeah. Joe, can, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I just asked you a question. All right, go ahead. Sorry, Ask it no. again. Are you going to be there on Saturday? Where? I will be there the whole weekend. All right, good. Because I'm buying sandwiches. So I'm going to buy a sandwich, Jeff, for your guy. Nice Italian sandwich called the Sicilian. Um, nice. And dinner the next day. Hey, right, listen, let's, let's not push it. Let's not push <sighs> it. All right, let's talk with Jeff. Jeff, obviously, uh, the Elvis auctions that you've done in the past and continue to do are absolutely amazing. I know you've done them uh, down at uh, Graceland many times. And I wanted to focus today, oh, talk about your last auction. I mean, that was very successful. Why don't you tell us about that for us and then what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we had a nice auction in September. Um, you know, we do day one sports, day two is rock and roll, Hollywood, you know, uh, historical stuff. And uh, it went really well. We had some nice, uh, nice prices on things. The cards always do well, and uh, there were some higher-end rock and roll pieces that uh, that performed really well. So it was good Elvis stuff. There was, uh, you know, there's uh, there's some other there's lots of autographs in the rock and roll world, of course. Um, and we've got our next one coming around the, the bend here in the middle of December, December fifteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Uh, so we've got a nice signed Beatles piece in that one. Some 
some better sports cards, some nice tops and, you know, tops and 60s and 70s sets, 50s sets. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going pretty well. You know, try, I'm just trying to have, any modern stuff? Is there any, you have any modern stuff? He, uh, you're talking about for cards. No, I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, for no, rock and roll or. For rock Americana. and roll, you know, the more recent. Oh, even, good, good, good. I don't mean one year, two years ago, but. You know, a little more recent. No, we, we can, you know, with, with rock and roll, a lot of that market is driven. There's obviously memorabilia, but there's also a lot of autographs. So, I mean, we had a Taylor Swift autograph in the last auction. Nice. Um, it brings you right. And with even with baseball, too, and, and basketball and the other sports, the, the autograph end of the business sort of brings you right into the modern day, yeah. right up to today. So, yeah, um, yeah there's, there's other uh, modern uh, musical acts that we do autographs for, things like that, country music stars. Uh, so it's, it's pretty, yeah. uh, you know. Collectors want it all. So How about the you Cadillac? Getting... You get the pink Cadillac, maybe? Joking that. <laughs> that's still down at Graceland, yeah. I know. <laughs> you know the one. first one burned up, but that's the one he gave his mother, yeah. Hey, yeah. Jeff, uh, a good friend of ours, I think you know Mike, Mike Hefner from Leland's. Mike is a big collector also. Mike, I've, oh. you know, I've been to Mike's house, and his, his collection of electric guitars is absolutely mind-blowing. He probably has 30 of them. And I'm talking about, I call them gamers. Uh, game used, uh, you know, by uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, he's got stuff like that that's off the charts. You get into that quite a bit too, don't you, with, with uh, actual rock and roll memorabilia besides pictures and things, instruments. Do you get into instruments? Of course, yeah. No, we, we, had, a big, um, we had a big drumstick collection earlier this year. Uh, that's, a, that's a thing that uh, a lot of... Um, a lot of collectors want to get their hands on, you know, because it's stage used. I've sold stage used guitars by uh, by Elvis and other artists. Uh, they can be quite expensive, you know. They get into the six figures pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the last other instrument that we had uh, that wasn't a guitar. It's usually the guitars. I've got a couple of guitars coming up in the December auction. Got some trombones uh, and. Uh... Well, you know, Rico and I we're both musicians. Rico, but here's the difference: we're both drummers. Uh, I've been playing for, well, I don't play anymore, but for 60 years, and you played. And the difference between Rico and I was the name. So Rico would walk in, and, you know, you sat in with, throw someone out, not Ramsey Lewis. Errol Garner. Errol Garner, right? Yeah. You know, he walks in and sits in and plays drums with Errol Garner. I walk into uh, Frank's Pizza Joint and, uh, and sit in with Frank himself playing the piano. How did you play with Errol Garner? Were you able to stay with him? Yeah, I, at Lenny's on the Pike. Lenny's was the big jazz place. Buddy Rich used to come in all the time. We were good friends with him because uh, <clears throat> I played the drums. And he used to say, you want to sit in? I says, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> following you? It's like following Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. I said, no way. <laughs> hey, anyway. uh, Jeff, let's talk, just briefly, let's talk drums for a second. Uh, I started mm-hmm. off, the first set of drums that I ever got was I was in fourth grade in the must have been, I don't know, 1959. No, probably 1961. They were given to me. They were, it was a set of Gretsch drums from the 1930s. What would that set be worth today? It probably does have some collector value. Old instruments are highly sought after. There's a, you know, there was Rabbit as, as a sports collectors going after guitars especially, but drums too. Now, we've sold a couple of drum sets over the years. We, um, you know, we had a great drum set that was used by uh, the... the um, Oh, the guy who ended up joining the Who after um, after Keith Moon passed away, uh, uh, yeah. Kenny. He had his drum set from when he was in earlier bands. I mean, they're they're highly sought after. And as vintage instruments, that's a whole marketplace that's a little bit outside of my purview. But that's um, 
That's a pretty that's a that's a pretty strong market for that stuff, and it's super rare. You know, the, yeah. you know that stuff didn't get kept, and it was actually supposed to be used, so it didn't survive necessarily. So that that would be that'd be something that was probably probably had a quite a bit of value. Not the, because you played it, granted. <laughs> right. and, and Joe, by the way, Joe, jump in symbols. with any questions. Symbols. Feel free to jump How about in. Symbols. Yeah, Zildjian. Zildjian used to come in and see see Buddy Rich all the time. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a Neil Pert. Um, symbol in the symbol. December auction. Oh, very cool. Nice. Very cool. You know, we were at Lenny's. My brother Al. My brother Al is here visiting. Hi, Al from Sicily. And Al and I were. In, are you we were with you were with me that night at Lenny's on the Pike when Buddy Rich. Were you there with me? Buddy Rich was playing. He comes on stage. He had wow. just. They had just set up all new symbols. Right. Yeah. He gets on stage, starts playing, stops the music. And says, put the old symbols back on. <laughs> Honest to God. Oh, he was Just great. really, was really fussy. Anyway. Jeff, your uh, <laughs> consignments. Are, are you all set with consignments for this next auction? Oh, we never, you know, it's nice with the internet now. We don't print a big catalog anymore. So it's we can take stuff up to the last minute. We'll be taking consignments this weekend in Boston uh, over at booth number one. And um, I'm going to be in St. Louis this weekend. Uh, we'll be in Nashville and Memphis in the coming weeks because we have auctions in December. And then, of course, we have our live auction down in uh, Memphis in January during the Elvis birthday celebration. Mm. That'll be about a hundred better, um, uh, better items from his life, artifacts, can things you, can he owned. You tell and then us of course we can turn the corner to our next auction in April. So, so we can, never really can you stop. tell us before we let you go, what's the one, what's the one killer piece for the Memphis auction? Can you mention it? You know, uh, we've got a couple things in house already. We're still getting stuff. I've actually, <laughs> one of the cooler things I had, I brought one over is that uh, in 1970, a, a collector went to find sun studio it was it was an old barber shop at that point and he ended up um getting into the building and, and pulling off four of the original acoustics tiles oh. from the sun studio uh, oh, where wow. elvis Howard, <clears throat> Wolf, sure, wow. you know, johnny cash carl perkins where world rock and roll was born so we have a group of four of those Fabulous. in the lot of auction that are just Very incredible cool. your website address nice it's rockhurstauctions.com and uh, certainly come see us at the boston show this weekend if you're interested in consigning I wish you were and, coming, uh, man. I wish you were coming to Boston. I, know. I can't go to every single. I was in Vegas at a show last weekend, so we, you know, we try and divide and conquer with the staff. That's that's how it's got to be, as as I'm sure Joe knows. You can't go to every show. Well, he'll miss the sandwich. I know. He definitely missed the sandwich, but his guy's going to get I'm it. Make sure the sandwich is brought back for me, so <laughs> it right. last until Monday. All right, Jeffrey. Nice chatting with you, Great and we'll Jeff. see you down the road. Take care. Always a pleasure. Thanks, yeah, guys. Take care. See you. Jeff Marin from Rockhurst Auction. Oh, Wish yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Oh, I love to them. see Elvis. Go to it. Yeah, right. Have yeah. you ever been to Graceland? No, me either. Joe, have you ever been to Graceland? I have not. No, you're not. A, you're not nope. a, a, an Elvis fan. I, I, I'm not a big Elvis fan, to be honest with you. Well, but, still, you know, he's exactly. a, a, an icon, and he's, any stuff with him is going to be worth a lot. All right, Joseph, out of the gate, man, how about my Diamondbacks? Oh, well, now they're your Diamondbacks. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, see? Right? I told you. What uh, happened to your Red Sox? I will talk, talk about them later. So he's got the B on because right here. he's trying to save himself from being really hypocritical. No, we're, we're really happy for uh, Kenny Kendrick. Uh, Ellen and I had the pleasure of working with Ken for almost two years, and uh, he was such a joy, so easy to work with. It just, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with somebody up, up at that level, you don't know what to expect. Man, I'll tell you, you can pick up the phone, call him. He called us. Just, he was so easy to work with. The night that they won the pennant, I emailed him. 
10 seconds later, he emailed me back. I said, nice. Kenny, we're just so happy for you. Yeah. And he said, I can't, he was overwhelmed. He said, I can't tell you how proud I am of these kids. They went through. You know, Tom, to go into the city of brotherly love down two, three games to two and take both games, they deserve a lot of credit. Absolutely. All right, Joe, you've got an auction coming up. Let's talk about that first. Uh, you got some killer pieces in it? We just picked up, Tom, an amazing piece. I mean, there's so many good pieces, but you guys are going to love this one. There's only two known. It's a circa 1915 real photo postcard with a type one image of Ruth in a pitching pose. Rookie era postcard. Uh, graded in SGC form. In a Boston uniform. 1915-ish, yes. So what's the starting bid going to be for that bad boy? 50000 50, It was taken. It was taken at spring training at Hot Springs, Arkansas. Wow. Wow. Ma- amazing piece. That's supposed to be um, We have some great high-grade cards like we always do. Yeah. Koufax rookie in a nine. 52 Bowman Mantle in a nine. Those are three to $400,000 cards. Um, got some great photos. Beautiful 11 by 14 oversized photo of Garrick batting uh, struck by Lewis Van Oyen. Yep. Um, a lot of great Babe Ruth cards beside the one I just mentioned. Just so much great stuff, Tom. And we just got a great collection. Of eight signed Mickey Mantle cards, guys, these are the eight best eye appeal signed cards I've ever seen. All dead centered with signatures placed in the perfect spot on the card. All the same card? Uh, Are they all the same year, the cards? 52? No, 53 Bowman, 54 Bowman, like uh, 58 through 61 tops. Nice. That's really nice signing. Did you sign a lot of cards? No. Right? At the time you guys played, that wasn't really popular. They didn't have cards. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, Rico, when you played, that was taboo signing a card. Yeah. Yeah, They would print them on some of them, some years, and that didn't work. But they would lose value at the time. Yeah, with the. They, they didn't, collectors, uh, I don't know how many they were, but it seemed like they didn't want it signed. But, you know, you could sign the kids come out there and uh, you want to sign some autographs for them and they come up with all kinds of stuff. Not, not cards, you know, though. And, guys, we just picked up another great piece. I, well, needless to say, the hottest card in the hobby now is any Harness Wagner portrait card from his playing days due to the popularity and the value increase of the T206 Wagner. We just picked up an E90-2 1910 American Caramel Company Wagner, but it's a two, but it presents as a three plus. You never find this card dead center. Perfect centering, beautiful bright blue background, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I'll give you a grant for it right now. So, why? Rico, why I don't open, your, don't open I your shirt. Your hat will fall out. <laughs> why Wagner? Why not Derringer? Geringer? And why not some other, you know, pretty big name? Can I answer that but, question, Joe? Yeah, go ahead. 
No, I want John. I'm going to answer. I want John. Yeah, go ahead. Rico, it's just like the 52 tops mantle. There's a mystique behind the T206 Wagner subject because of the card being pulled early, his disdain for promoting tobacco products to kids. So that whole mystique Mm -hmm. drives the price. Uh, I I can understand now, but I mean, you know, when it first started. Oh, excuse me. No, go ahead. No, no, finish. No, when it first started, I went on its why did somebody pick Wagner? This is going to be, you know, somebody came up with it to, to one of the auction houses, and this is Wagner. Wow, this is worth, what was it at first, 500000 Yeah, then it went up then to it $12 went, million, $13, 20000000 million, whatever. All right, listen, um, we are going to not take a break. It's going to be time right now for the segment that is the highlight, the highlight of my show <laughs> with Rico, On Deck Your with Rico. Pinocchio. Your favorite white sock is mine. On deck with Rico Paraselli. On deck with Rico Paraselli. Yeah. Uh, time for our segment on deck with Rico. All brought right. to us right. by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA know. Auctions. Yeah. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. These questions today were submitted by my big brother. Al Zappler, who was here for two weeks, Joe. My brother's visiting from Sicily, and he submitted these questions. And by the way, Al is the co-host or the host of the wildly popular YouTube show, You, Me, and Sicily. Uh, You should check it out. It's a great show. Traveling all over Sicily, food, nice. uh, just beautiful. He's done great. Uh, he's got a hell of a following. I wish, wish we had the following he has, <laughs> you know. But anyways, and Joe, by the way, you're Italian. Joe's name should be Don Tomasulo. Bon? Don? Don. Oh, Don. Don. Don percent Oh, 75. <laughs> that's good. All right, here are the questions from Al. Rico. Yeah. Two questions. All right. Two. What was the most single most important hit of your career. Oh, geez. Let's see. I was 13 years. I, I should come up with that. How do I know? Come on. One hit. One hit. Uh, important, meaning, I mean, World Series. Could be, well, something uh, that could have been a game-winning hit. Sixth six game of the World Series in 67. I hit a home run to start us off. Two home runs. But anyway, the, the other thing would be the one against Vita Blue. That's the. Tell us know, about it. What happened? I had a whole, two home runs off him. It was a big game. We were both in first place at that time. What was the score of the game? Uh, I don't know, 5-4, something like so that. So your two home runs won the game? Well, no, well, they helped win the game. But, uh, yeah, they were in first place, and we, we were in first place too. But it ended up they were in first place at the end, and we were in third place at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell that's the story, the story of Red Sox Slides. All right, here's the second question. And this, I like, I, I've this never asked good. you this yeah, question. Yeah, this is good. Are you happy? With the way Major League Baseball takes care of retired ball players with their pensions, etc. Their pensions. Well, first of all, you can you can. Uh, Joe, chime in again. Yeah, you you if you want to take the insurance that they have, you know, during as a player, you can do that for like fifty, sixty thousand. So the <laughs> <laughs> no, for, no, twenty five, thirty thousand. Is no, it no, really? Baloney. Yeah, it, it is great. But I, I when I. Retired, it was I think fourteen thousand. But anyway, um, the pension we get pensions depending on how many years we had and how much we made. 
It, that was my in my day. Now, do you get a pension from MLB and the Red Sox? Yeah, uh, Red Sox because I worked in their organization. It's not a lot, but the MLB one we just got cut this year. You got cut? Yeah, it's cut. Last year we got a little raise. The year before we got cut. I got cut three hundred bucks a month. Why? Because of the ver- the we have the regular and then the variable is what they uh, invest. And that lost a lot of money. Oh, so, so it's like a 401k. Or you know, I, everyone I, went down. Because the economy sucks, you guys lose out. Yeah, well. And Major League Baseball, the, the present day Major League Baseball, they have nothing to do with it. People say, well, I want these guys are making so much money. Why don't they give more into this pension for the older guys? That's nothing to do with it. We tried that one time. <laughs> Mark Ballinger was the head of the, the this uh, pension, and uh, not the Players Association, and they said, "Forget it. You know, we don't have anything to do with that." So it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful that we have it, but it kind of it, it fluctuates. And and does a pension, Joe? Again, chime in. Does the yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah. I got to be honest. He doesn't care. They, what no, is he does? Some they they just made some major changes. To the pension rules, yeah, it's it's very complicated. I don't even understand it. Yeah. I have to go through it with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. But I mean, obviously, what's the minimum salary now, Rico? Six, seven hundred thousand. Seven hundred, seven fifty. Yeah, right. Who could live so, on that? <laughs> obviously. You missed the boat. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> right. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Joe is in the house. Joe T is with us. Joe Thomasula from Memory Lane Auctions. Uh, hang in. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. 
Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Hey folks, it's the East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions. I'm pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show, The Philly Show, from Friday, December 1st to Sunday, December 3rd. Getting blurry now. (laughs) Held at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, Hall A&E, 100 Station Avenue, Oaks, Pennsylvania, 19456. Shop our expanded 100,000 square foot show floor with over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer booths of sports collectibles heaven from the 1800s to present day. That's when you played. Yeah. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 10 and under get in for free. Autographed guests to include Philadelphia Phillies fan favorite, 2008 World Series MVP, Cole Hamels. Eagles greats like Brian Dawkins, Randall Cunningham, Ron Jaworski, He's my age, isn't he? Harold Carmichael and many more. For more information, go to thephillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all started. We had a good time in Philly. Oh, it was great. This great show. I thought we had a really good time. Okay, welcome to another Gax Moment brought to you each week by our good friend Paul Borges and... PB Collectibles, your neighborhood card shop. Go to pbcollectibles.com to find that special card or piece of memorabilia. 
I was talking to my good friend, uh, <laughs> Derek Grady from uh, Heritage Auctions. We were having a nice conversation. And I don't know how we got on the subject of cards to invest in. If you're going to speculate, these are a few cards that you may want to consider. These five players, in both our opinions, because we went back and forth, uh, are going to be future Hall of Famers. And now, if you're going to invest in a card, this is a good time to invest in their high-grade cards because they will go up at some point in time, even though they are not in the Hall of Fame right now. Number one, Todd Helton. In our opinion, I think Todd Helton is a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. 316 lifetime batting average, 369 home runs, 2,500 hits, and 1,400 RBI. Now, that's a good card. You can probably buy it relatively on the cheap right now, but it's a good card to invest in going forward. Number two, Carlos Beltran. 2,725 hits, 435 home runs, 1,587 RBI, and a 279 batting average. Another good card to consider long term. If you're going to invest, remember, you're going to flip cards, you're wasting your money. Third card, Gary Sheffield. Now, this one here, this is kind of an iffy one because he's been on, he's been on the docket a few times. I think he's eventually going to get in. 292 batting average, 509 home runs, 1,676 RBI, and 2,689 hits. I think Gary is eventually going to get in. Uh, again, a good card to invest in long term. If you're going to flip the card, you're wasting your money. Uh, another one. And, uh, Adrian Beltre. I think this is a shoe win. 3,100 hits, over 3,100 hits, 477 home runs, 1,525 ribbies, and a 286 lifetime batting average. Again, another good card to consider investing in long term. Last but not least, I'm on the fence with this one. All right. And I know some of my friends out there are on the fence. Derek felt strongly about this one. Thurman Munson. Now, this particular Thurman Munson card is really not his rookie card, but there's an argument as to whether or not Thurman Munson deserves to be in 1,500 hits, 292 lifetime batting average, 696 ribbies. Uh, you know, I mean, he had a short career. How good he was, he was an excellent, excellent quarterback. Is he Hall of Fame worthy? I'm not sure. In any event, these are some players to consider as a long-term investment. You can get them for affordable prices now, but when you get in, and if you get in now, eventually they're going to go up. Be patient, and again, don't flip cards. Add them to your portfolio, and that's another Gax moment. All right, let's get back to our friend, Joseph Tomasulo. All right, Joe, we're going to get into some real discussions. Some real discussion because you and I, we're always, always banging heads. Uh, Rico, you've got to get involved with this. Right now, Don Mattingly or Hack Wilson? Lifetime, they're equal. The pro the Hack Wilson's in the Hall of Fame because of that season where he hit, what was it, 54, 56 homers? Home yeah. Record 192 RBIs, 350-something average. That's unbelievable. Just like Bill Mazeroski. I always go back to Mazeroski. If Bill Mazeroski doesn't hit that home run, he is not in the Hall of Fame. Not on the radar. I, I agree with no, that. No, he's not. I, I, he's, I, I disagree. I don't, so I can 
Felix Mian had a good glove at second base. Well, yeah, see, Rico's always, you've always raved about Mazeroski's glove. Of course. <clears throat> you think me. he's Hall of Fame worthy? Of course he is. Okay, what about Mattingly? Yeah, I'd put him in. You would? Well, yeah. if Wilson's in, Mattingly has to be in. They have, Rico, if you look at their numbers, they, Tom and I checked this out during the week. They have basically the same, same numbers. lifetime numbers. Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, it's so hard because they're so far apart. Different eras, different eras. Yeah, different eras. But, boy, 190-some RBI, man alive, that's, that's almost cr- impossible. I know, that's crazy. I mean, uh, it's like, I mean, what was he playing against, Little League? I mean, no. <laughs> no, he played the... No, he was a great, he was a great yeah, player. Shot, shot Korea. Yeah. But he was built like he was a rock. Yeah, it was... Uh, All right, I'm going to throw this out of both of you. This is a... This is an, an uh, this is a long-standing argument over the last several years. Jeter or Wagner, greatest shortstop of all time. Joseph. No contest. It's Wagner. Eight batting titles, 328 lifetime average. You know, like Jeter, well over 3,000. Joe, hits. look at their numbers. Shortstop. The numbers, look at the numbers. They're very close. Look at Jeter's home runs compared to Wagner's. Well, Sign of the times, dead ball ever. People didn't hit home runs. What do you say? Okay, tough one, but uh, I got to go with uh, Wagner. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I was a big. No one's a bigger. I, Wagner. I love G. I love G. He's, he's you no, know. no you know, Tom John McGraw, who was a, one of some consider McGraw the greatest manager in baseball history. Yeah, he saw Cobb, Jackson, Ruth. He's Wagner. He's Lajaway, Collins, he saw the best. And he swore to his dying day, nobody, nobody was as good as Harness Wagner. Well, you know, one of the things, and you're bringing up a good point, you're both bringing up a good point, one of the things that has to be considered is, you know, when you're looking, look at, at the defense that Derek Jeter played and the equipment that he had, and then look at the glove that Honus Wagner had and used when he played. I mean, it's like night oh, and day. Yeah. Like night uh, and day. Of course, everything was different. I mean, um, <coughs> the, the ball, yeah, the gloves, uh, the stadiums. You got to realize when those guys played, you know, these stadiums were like 480 feet to center field. Left field was, you know, 380. Uh, who knows? Uh, and so, you know, you hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> Some were small. A couple of things about Jeter. Uh, and I love Jeter. I'm a big Yankee fan. And to me, Jeter is one of the most clutch players in baseball history. Came up big in big moments. Yeah. But ironically, Jeter was better on his, to his backhand, his left crossover step, than to his glove side. Jeter had very poor range to his glove side up the middle. Very poor you agree range. agree with that? Average Great. at best. But to his backhand, he was excellent. And guys, Rico, I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever seen a shortstop charge the swinging roll better than Jeter, Jeter. you know, with the quick throw to first. Well, you were also, you were also. Jeter Jeter was uh, criticized about his uh, defense. Yeah, not his defense, but his range. And you mentioned, you know, especially later in his career. But, you know, like uh, Ripken, they they got to you know got to play smart. They knew where the hitters, they knew their pitchers, what guys pull the ball and all that. So that that's part of being a pretty good player. 
Where does Ozzy fit into this? To me, he was the the best. I mean, defensively. Uh, defensively, defensively. Rico's a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Defensively, no one is Ozzy. He was incredible, and and he and he, they had astroturf. You know, <laughs> when that when you hit a ground ball on that that astroturf, especially just flies. It's a pshoom, jet. This guy was unbelievable. He come up with plays, and he had great range. You know, good arm. All right. Uh, what about uh, one last question regarding shortstops? What about the guy that played in your organization, Noma? He was a good shortstop. Uh, okay, he was a good hitter. <laughs> you know, Rico, don't get me started. I know that Rico's being nice Rico, because he had no range. Phased out. He was such a great hitter, and then he just hit a wall. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a wall. Be careful here. Else. No, I, I, I get liable. <laughs> Be careful. No, uh, let, I'll tell you. <laughs> let me tell you a story. Quick story, right? In AAA, I was coach, and Maka was the uh, manager. So No Mark comes up, you know, from AA. In fact, we were there with him there, and uh, his power was uh, what do you call it? <laughs> the warning track power. <laughs> So he, one game he runs early in the oh, year, he runs and hits the bag and turns his ankle. He's out. I mean, it was really, look, say serious, but not career ending. So anyway, he's out. He goes to Arizona and he's rehabbing there and he's working out at this place and he comes back after a month or so, comes back and is raving about this guy. So he gets up. And he hits one about 480 <laughs> feet. And he's whacking the ball all over. I mean, that just, you know, over the fence. Was, he, mean, was, was he bigger? He was bigger, stronger. <laughs> I said, this guy, who's the guy? He, used to he say, must be lifting. He's, he's doing right. the Nautilus like Freddie Exactly, Lynn, yeah. Right? I said, holy Jesus, kid, I can't, I can't believe this. And he, he wasn't, you know, <laughs> like, you know, he wasn't a big, big guy. Uh, but... You know, but he was a good all-around player. I mean, I, 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 he was. You know, there's no doubt. Him and Denny Doyle. <laughs> Denny, yeah, Denny's passed away. Oh, uh, that's that's funny. Uh, all right, Hall of Fame pitchers right now. In my opinion, there's only three that exist uh, that are currently pitching. Are you guys agreeing with this? Max Scherzer, one. Clayton Kershaw, two, and uh, Verlander. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? No. You got a currently pitching? Yeah. Um, Any rel- uh, relievers that are up the, uh, Oh, yeah. There's one. They're a dime a dozen that are going to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, uh, what's his name? Was oh, that's with the probably Red it. Right? How about the guy? He was, he was, he's with the Phillies. He's the closer. He, he, he gave up a tying home run in, the, in this uh, playoff series. I don't know. What's his Who's name? The you know the closer? You know, he goes. Oh, the guy who picked the. The pitcher from the Braves. Yeah, he was originally with the Kimball. Kimball. Yeah, right. Great he's kid. not a Hall of well, Famer. Get out of here. Just saying, he's got over 400 saves. He, he pitched okay. for the Red Sox. Yeah, well, he Atlanta. Was he was. He was. You know. Hey, Joe. What's hot and what's not right now? What is the hot? What you know? Take the Wagner cards. Put them aside. Take the mantle cards. Sign cards, Tom. Sign cards, huh? Sign cards, because people are starting to look at the pop reports. <clears throat> You know, so on Mickey Mantle cards, there's 50 signed cards. You know, there's between 25 and 50, give or take, for his 50 signed cards. And there's eight to 12,000 
unsigned cards. Mm. So you have to start looking at signed baseball cards. They're great investments. I have about really- 50 Greg Jeffries signed cards. Do you? Yeah, Greg? The- oh, I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Marino sent me. <laughs> Joe- Rico, Rico, you yeah. could throw those in with the with the uh, Italian uh, sandwich. <laughs> you know, let me tell you something. Joe Marino was a riot. Uh, everybody knows Joe, good friend of yeah, ours, yeah. Uh, Staten Island Joe. And he, he talk about speculating. When Greg Jeffries... That you know, when he was first there, he bought every conceivable. He bought thousands and thousands of Greg Jeffries cards, and was going to sit on them. And of course, you know what happened to Greg Jeffries. He went by the, uh, he went by the by the by the way of David Clyde. Uh, <laughs> you know, basically, uh, he's got thousands of them. So he sent me. He sent me like twenty of them, all signed by Greg Jeffries. Oh wow, <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> Joe. IPO versus uh, the technical grade on cards. What what's what rules right now? You know what, Tom? That is the big black hole in collecting cards. It's a great question. So I think I boiled it down to this: for cards graded maybe seven or less, six or less, six seven. It's a is kind of a fine line. People are swinging to eye of the centering. You know, just does the image pop? Does it jump off the card? You know, once you get into eights, nines, tens, those PSA registry collectors, they want the grade. All right, so what's to hold yeah. on then? So what's to prevent me? Mm-hmm. I, I, I send a card out to get graded, whether it be SGC or PSA. Comes back a, a three, 3.5. And I say, mm-hmm. that, that bull, this should be a 4.5. I mean, there's a big difference in the value. Why not crack the card open and resubmit it? Yeah. You can do that. It's done all the time. And the grading companies profit from it. And look, we're human beings. If I look at a card, if I'm a grader and I look at a card one day and I say it's a three and a half, maybe tomorrow it's a three or the next day it's a four. It's not going to be a five or a six, but when you're talking about half, Grade swings, or maybe even on certain circumstances, full grade swings, it's possible. But keep in mind, Tom, the more you submit it, the more you're cutting into cost. Oh, that's okay? a good point. That's a very good right. point. Um, so, you know, grading is not cheap these days. You know, yeah. I don't know if well, I think I, you know this, that I, this is a truth. All right. And don't. Okay. A Rico Petroselli, Rico Petroselli, PSA 10. Rookie card last year sold for ten grand. I don't know who the hell bought it, but Jeez. somebody paid ten grand for well, a. It must have been drunk. For a Rico- admitted it was you. No, it wasn't me. Although I do have, a, I have one piece of Rico memorabilia that I bought in a moment of, I don't even know, love for this man. I bought a uh, from Great Flannel <laughs> Auctions. <laughs> I bought a 1970 game used. Wool, number six, jersey signed, by the way. You signed that. You remember signing it? Yeah, of course. Who, who'd you sign it for? What did you, you pay, Tom? I paid uh, 1500 for it. Yeah, that's wonderful. Sounds like a deal. Yeah, no, I, buy, I, I bought it, and you know what we're going to do with that? I'm going to bring it to Florida. Seriously, I'm going to bring it to Florida this year. And, Rico, I am working on, along with Joe and, a couple, and Charlie uh, Perino, 
Uh, we're working on a um, possible fundraiser for the Jimmy Fund, and that'll be donated. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, and Joe is going to hang out with us the rest of the show. And I got a tough question for him when we come back. Hang in there. We'll be and right I got back. one for you. Oh, no, I'm not Christine coming back. The auction then. is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalier and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection to the famed Boston Garden auction to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities 
via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Are you a collector looking for that rare trading card or autograph ball or photo? If so, then PB Collectibles in Newport is the place for you. PB Collectibles has graded cards, raw cards, complete sets, and wax boxes of the stars of the future, today, and from the past. We also offer a large selection of both vintage and modern cards. So whether you're looking to add to your collection or sell it, visit us at PB Collectibles, 269 Spring Street in Newport, located across from St. Mary's Church. We are your neighborhood card shop and much more. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetrocelliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petrocelli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. Folks, imprinted products keeps your brand in front of your What the hell was that? What is it? (laughs) Don't derail him. It's easy he to rolled do, with it. It's, it's easy to do that. Yeah. Go ahead, Rick. We're sorry. The music is gone. <laughs> That's okay. He rolled with it like a pro. I it's know you that got derailed. Imprinted products. Really. This is uh, very important. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Petroselli pen? Yeah. <laughs> Keeps your brand in front of your customers. Now, this is, you know, a lot of the auction houses should use us. Joe. You know, don't be no, so cheap. You guys should be buying Rico Petroselli pens. No, it's not. My son. It's his son. We make our own pens. Oh, you oh. Me. Imprinted products keeps your brand in front of your customers more than any other form of advertising. And we've uh, this has been researched. Uh, for the best on-time service and new ideas for your product, give Petroselli Marketing Group a call. By the way, Petroselli Marketing Group has clients all over the country. So if you're somewhere else in the country, (laughs) (laughs) he can get it to you. Joe, wait a minute. Call. Go ahead. 800 freebie 264-4294. Go to their website at uh, PetroselliMKT.com. Joe, you got to talk to JP. You guys can't be so cheap, you know? (laughs) Buy some nice hats. Do Do you get an REA or Heritage Christmas mug? 
I do or a not. birthday card? I do not. Come on. You know Come something? On. I use my memory lane Yeti every single day in my office. Every there day. There we go. Honest to God. Yeah, I do. He does. He... <laughs> and by the way, last week I had a Petroselli hat on during the show. No kidding. Yep. Oh, the one Mike gave you. Yeah. 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 All right. Go ahead. Here's the question. I got a big one. This is, uh, you know, we got millions of uh, viewers and listeners, uh, collectors. <laughs> All right, maybe thousands. <laughs> but uh, seriously now, are you concerned about the economy, the right inflation? I'm not getting into politics, but what's going on in the world at this point. And how it's going to affect the hobby? How is it going to affect the hobby? Will people not want to... In other words, what's your thoughts on them? But Yeah, let me just get what's your thoughts, because uh, I don't know about a solution if it does happen. The hobby won't crash. It could soften prices. It has already in some circumstances. But don't forget, guys, stock, you, we'll use the stock market as an example. It's an EKG, up, down, yeah, up, yeah. down. Yeah, right. Memorabilia, good memorabilia, rare memorabilia, you know, high-end, Ruth, Carr, Mantle, Garrett, DiMaggio, mm, yeah, yeah. you know, Barbie Orr, you know, uh, Brady. Well, actually, I shouldn't say modern. That's taking a hit. But, you know, Nagurski, Namath, Unitas, those cards have pretty much yeah. held their own. And while they may get a little soft, they're not going to go rock bottom, which is why I collect rarity. Because mm. when you collect rarity, you'll always hold your own. You Joe, really will. Joe, you, you and I talked about that on the phone this week. And, you know, I told you that I had done a 180-degree turn on my collections. You know, I've gotten rid of most of my T206 cards, and then I'm focusing on rare pieces of memorabilia or rare cards. And you kind of uh, supported what I said. Uh, I talked about the Christy Matthewson first edition. Uh, I talked yeah. about the Grover Cleveland Alexander contract, things like that that I have. I, I agree with you. I think that you know, if if you focus on specialty items, vintage items that are not one of a one of a, one of a kind, but rare, I think it's a hell of a good investment. Yeah, I, I mean, so sure it is. <laughs> right, it's better than I, I stocks. Mean, <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Apple stock uh, a couple of years ago, one twenty eight, one thirty. I panicked. It started dropping. Went down to 120, or whatever. I sold it, took a little loss. Shot back up to 190. Right now it's like at 170. So these things just you got to ride the wave. Right, I agree. Okay? I agree. I, I, I but at the end of the day, <clears throat> when the smoke clears, just like when you buy rock solid stocks, when you buy rock solid memorabilia. Mm -hmm. You'll be the one with the last one. I tell you something honestly, and I've told, you know, we've been preaching this I, I, to our view, as at least I have, and people that I've spoken to. I honestly, you know, my collection, I look at my collection as part of my investment portfolio. I have, you know, we have IRAs, we have 401ks, we have uh, other investments. Mm -hmm. 
But my you have to yeah. I mean, I equate that with my financial advisor. I give him a number. I'll say, here's what I have. Here's what the value is of that stuff right now, and it's all part of the portfolio. I think it's an important it thing. You know, and then there Tom. are then there are people uh, too, Joe that. Just collect because they like the cards, Absolutely. you know. Well, you can have the beauty of both, Rico. Yeah, you can. You know what? Am I gonna like run out into the street and do six cartwheels because I'm holding a piece of paper that says Apple on it? No, <laughs> right. But if I'm, I'm like looking at a Babe Ruth rookie card, I'm gonna dance. All right, listen, you know? we got about two minutes left, Joe. You had a question for Rico. You did. Uh, well, I had a got? question for both of you, real quick. Uh-oh. I'm chomping out the Two bit minutes. on this one. Go ahead. Oh, it was a big Network 54 board question a few weeks ago. Could Babe Ruth, Williams, DiMaggio, Cobb, Garrick, could they hit the pitches today to throw 100 miles an hour with sliders? And a lot of people said no. Your opinion. I disagree with that totally. Number one. There's no doubt about it. I mean, no, there's no way they could not hit because, number right. one, they'll adjust. This right. exactly. And Rico, I got some numbers here that are incredible. So, okay. So, Joe DiMaggio, who was the best? The, the pitcher closest to today's pitcher was Bob Feller. Okay? Yeah. Feller threw up in 90s to oh, 100. Yeah, yeah. And he probably had one of the top five filthiest curveballs in baseball yeah, history. Yeah. DiMaggio had a lifetime batting average of 325. You know, in 193 at bats against Felt, he batted 342 lifetime, hit 11 homers, and absolutely wore him out. Babe Ruth hit nine home runs off Lefty Grove, nine or ten home runs mm. uh, off, off Grove. And I think, uh, who was it? Against Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson only gave up 97 homers in 5,900. Yeah, these guys could hit against them. Lifetime. I'm telling you. Babe Ruth hit 10 of those 97 homers. One minute. You adjust. Uh, I'm I'm not saying, you know, a guy throws 100. Yeah, he's going to maybe get you out, you know, uh, at first. But then you're going to start adjusting. You're going to start. If I was watching the hitters for with the, the big lefty, the relief pitch, he throws a hundred miles. A couple of other guys do. So I mean, you get ready. You you cock, as they say, foot to hit. Yeah. You know. So you're you're going to time that pitch if it's faster. You know, you're going to be ready. And, and then the more you face him, the more you, yeah. Right. And you know, I'm not saying you're going to just wear him out, but. You're going to start hitting them. Believe me when I tell you. Enrico, tell me if I'm wrong real quick. Today they use 32, 33-ounce bats because physics has proven yeah. bat speed is more important oh, yeah. than the weight of a bat. Right. So if you put a 32, 33-ounce bat in Root's hand versus a 38 to 40-ounce bat, he's going to swing that thing at the uh, speed of light. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah. Joseph. We look forward to seeing you at the Boston Show. I will have a sanguichi for you, I promise. Uh, And uh, your other two cohorts will be there. 
Tom, one thing. If you bring me a drink, make sure there's shaved ice in it. No, I don't no. Like you guys ice. are on your own for drinks. I'm not going to gonna schlep drinks. You shaved guys, ice. You guys can get your own drinks. Rico, I'll see you hey, next week. All right. Take care. Uh, Joe, Joe as always, uh, we Thank love you. 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 You bring a lot to the show. We, are, we get a lot of great compliments when you are on and Derek and the a couple best of other guys. Mostly from your we family. With that, but, uh, said, with that being said to our viewers and listeners, yeah, great. happy collecting. Adios. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.